0: Let's face it, friends, we live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y dot com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video Smart Lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get... E-U-F-Y. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson as always. I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. It is not raining today in Starkville. It is supposed to rain a little bit this morning, but it is raining in our hearts as we suffer one of the worst losses in program history last night on the baseball diamond as the Bulldogs lose to previous winless Texas Southern by a score of 8-4. to four. We're going to talk about that today, about what went wrong and how there might be a symptom of a, of a bigger problem with this Bulldog lineup. We're going to go over that. are going to talk men's basketball. We're going to preview the women's game. that's coming up on Thursday night, the last home game of the year, and the regular season for the ladies as they host Arkansas and what amounts to senior day. And we're going to take a look ahead at what is to come for men's basketball. Three games remaining in a regular schedule, None of them gimmies by any stretch of imagination, but the Bulldogs have to take it a game at a time, as they did last night, needing to get one they absolutely had to have, and they get it. So we're going to break that down. We're going to get look ahead. It's a, it's a busy time of year, and every game is big throughout the year, but they all take on an added importance and intensity uh, this time of the year. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started with all of that. Glad to be with you today. Hope you are well today. Like to thank our friends at Bulldog Burger Company for the great quality food and service they provide to us. I was there this week on Monday, went in and uh, kind of changed it up a little bit. I had those sloppy Joe sliders, changed it up. Very very great, not quite as heavy, I guess you could say, as one of the burgers. You know, I, I just didn't feel like, uh, you know, that great restaurant quality hamburger. I wanted to change it up a little bit. I got that. Very very grateful also understand, too, from talking to the wait staff, the Bulldog Burger Company Nachos and the new Jubilation Brownie, both big hits. A lot of requests for those, which means you guys have broken the first rule of Fight Club, and that's not to talk about Fight Club. No, very, very happy you guys are enjoying all that. Bulldog Burger Company, a great place in both Starkville and Tupelo now. Two locations to serve you, Bulldog Burger Company on University Drive here in Starkville on Gloucester Street in Tupelo. Go in, find your own favorites, have the spring rolls. That is a staple in my life. Every time I go, I get the spring rolls. We even added the uh, you know, the, the wings this time through. Maybe that's why I couldn't uh, have the big restaurant-quality hamburger. I filled up on appetizers, and you can too. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville and now Tupelo, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Let's start off on a good note. Mississippi State basketball. Huge win last night. I, I I took in a baseball game, covered a baseball game with Mike Nemoth, and then went over for the second half. Matter of fact, as I was walking over to Humphrey Coliseum, they were uh, taking John Petty off of the off the floor. John Petty Jr., you know, longtime Alabama player, uh, had an elbow injury. Nate Oates tells us in the post game that uh, they will have an MRI slash X-ray today and determine uh, what's wrong. I had a couple of Alabama share with. Album of folks share with me that it's kind of been a bit of a chronic condition. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh, hoping he makes a full recovery. But Mississippi State men's basketball faced with pretty much a lose or leave town match with Alabama. Both teams still on, the, bow, on the, the, the wrong side of the bubble, stayed a lot closer to getting in now than Alabama. Mississippi State had some issues defending the three in the first half. Eight of 17 for Alabama in the first half from three-point line. Three of 15 in the second half. Now, some of that had to do with the fact that John Petty got hurt, if we're being fair. But also, too, I like to think Mississippi State took full advantage. It's not Mississippi State's fault that John Petty got hurt. The win still counts the same. Nobody's feeling sorry for Mississippi State. We had to have that W. We got the W. And let's look at the numbers here. Reggie Perry, and and Ben Howen said post-game, that he managed the minutes a lot better so his guys were fresher. That's probably true. Reggie Perry goes 33 minutes and really had a good night. I thought Reggie, especially in that second half, showed a lot of urgency on the glass. I thought he, for the most part, kind of ran the show. And Alabama's got some big can get in there and play physical with you, and I really thought the officials let the teams play. And there's always a handful of calls that you look at and you're thinking, man, my gosh, how could this happen? And there were. there were blown calls on both sides of the floor. But I really thought it – I didn't think it favored one team over the other. And I think a physical brand of basketball, as allowed well by the officials, actually favors Mississippi State. Reggie Perry, I thought, really, 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 really played well down the stretch. Again, 33 minutes, 12 rebounds, 21 points, 3 blocks. And he had four personal fouls. One of those happened in front of me. It was an absolute joke. But again, it is what it is. Big money, big night, big points, Reggie Perry. The state's going to go as far as Reggie Perry takes him. That's just the reality of the situation. And we always talk about, well, you know, you've got this. And and I read every once in a while on social media, people say, oh, Reggie Perry needs to sit. No, Reggie Perry never needs to sit. As a matter of fact, if... If we could uh, have him play more minutes, it would probably be better if he could handle it. Reggie Perry is a star. Robert Woodard, the second. Big night for him, too. But, you know, he didn't necessarily fill up the stat column, but it seemed like he was everywhere. It seemed like defensively he was altering shots. It seemed like he was boxing on rebounds. And even if he couldn't get it, Reggie Perry or a teammate could. Robert plays 26 minutes, pulls down seven boards, scores 10 points, has a couple of blocks. Also dished out four assists. That's pretty good. Nick Weatherspoon kind of hit or miss last night, but I thought Nick, Nick you know, there, there were times we stayed in front of the Alabama guards, and I thought later in the game we didn't. Uh, but Nick, 32 minutes of action, nine points, uh, just the one turnover, three assists, four rebounds. All those on the defensive end. Abdul will do. I I thought Abdul-Adoo, I thought his effort level was tremendous. I had a chance to speak to him uh, after the game. He was not part of the press conference. I finished up my stories, there's Abdul, uh, just kind of hanging out there at the the scorer's table after the game and, you know, had a chance to speak with him. And I'll tell you, this is a guy, too, that is one of the leaders on this team and a little bit unheralded at times. Abdul-Adoo does the little things to make the game easier for his teammates. He does all the grunt work. He's setting those high post screens. Sometimes he gets called for an offensive foul. But he's a guy that's always out there trying to extend the play, battling for rebounds, trying to eat up space and create rebounding opportunities for teammates. Eight points last night, too. Also had three steals, two blocks, just the one turnover, two fouls, five rebounds. That's a pretty good stat line. I mean it, it I mean it really it really, really is. When you begin to think about his impact on the game and how many shots kind of floated long because of his length, he's a real disruptor. You know, a lot of people will shake a guy off the dribble and they get to the paint and they'll load that floater up there. And, and Abdul makes it more difficult. So you got to throw over him. And down the stretch, the guy that carried the the you know, carried the weight offensively was Tyson Carter. Again, coming off the bench, and that's his role. 28 minutes of action. So he's right there with starter minutes. I mean, I mean right there. I actually played more minutes than Robert Woodard. 6 of 10 from the floor. 1 of 4 from three-point line. 6 of 6 from the free-throw line. Pulls down three rebounds. Five assists. One turnover. 19 points. That's huge. Absolutely huge for Mississippi State to have that kind of contribution. But again... In the box score, the most important thing is Mississippi State 80, Alabama 73. You can get a little deeper inside the numbers there, and you can see, you know what, State and, and Alabama even on the board. So that's to be expected. Alabama has some bigs that kind of get in there and bang with you a little bit. State wins the uh, points in the paint battle by 12, 42 to 30. State a, backet, a bucket, pardon me, my goodness, a bucket advantage in uh, points off turnovers. Mississippi State outscores Alabama 13 to 8 in fast break points, and 26 to 14 off the bench. Those are not insignificant statistics. So our NCAA tournament hopes live to see another day. Now the Bulldogs have, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a big surprise. Mississippi State's got three hard games left, and you look at it and say, Steve, I mean, come on. No, it's true. Mississippi State's got to go to Missouri, who has played much better as of late. If we go in there with that same attitude we had against Texas A&M, we're going to lose. If we go down there with some reckless abandon thinking, you know what, this is a must-win game for us, our NCAA tournament hopes rise and fall on the success of this ball game, then we'll go win the ball game. And remember, Mississippi State absolutely embarrassed. I mean, absolutely embarrassed Missouri when we played at Starkville. And that is something that that coaching staff, I'm sure, will bring up throughout the remainder of this week to kind of prepare them uh, for that ball game this weekend. And again, every game at this point is a must win. You win last night, that makes the next game even that much more important. You know, the same could be said for what Alabama did to Mississippi State and Tuscaloosa. So there will be a there will be a lot riding on this game for Mississippi State. You win this one, sets up another must-win game. It's a big part of things. I mean, this is, this is the corner that we have painted ourselves into. Eighteen and ten now, nine and six, and one of those things too. When you begin to look at how this thing is, you know, breaking out here. Kentucky, two games up. On Auburn to win the SEC regular season, Kentucky's won seven in a row, seven games in a row, 23 and five overall. Auburn just a game behind them at 24 and four. After that, things tighten up a little bit. LSU right there at 10 and four. Not a big LSU fan. I think we could beat them on a neutral floor. I really do. Florida. and a game ahead of Mississippi State. They're going to play a pretty big ball game here. If Florida loses that game, Mississippi State slides into the fourth spot. Fourth spot in the SEC because State would hold a tiebreaker over Florida. And to be honest with you, I don't know that the double bye is good for Mississippi State. Because it's not about winning the SEC tournament. It's about amassing wins to get into the NCAA tournament. And so I don't know if that double-by is good for us. I'm not saying that I'm rooting against Mississippi State. I'm just saying when I look at this resume deal, we need to have an opportunity to win as many games as we can. The bottom line is win these next three, and then those tournament games aren't quite as consequential. Last night's win against Alabama moves State up to 55 in the net from 57. 55. Still got some work to do. You know, it's like every time that we win a game and you look at Alabama, it was just so crazy. And again, Alabama was 40 in the net and they lose and they remain 40 in the net. I don't know how this stuff works. There's always these algorithms and things like that. And people do some things that kind of make it make sense. I don't know how Mississippi State, who is three games better overall, is uh, is behind Alabama. And maybe I'm looking at this wrong. Maybe there's people are a lot smarter than me, and perhaps they are. But I don't understand how Alabama State's put after uh losing a game to a team that was behind them in the net. Just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is what it is. The bottom line is uh, the only one of these rankings that matters is the last one. And so you can keep working, you keep winning. It'll all work itself out. Of course, state, big road game in South Carolina. South Carolina kind of in the same position Mississippi State said, except that South Carolina's lost a couple ballgames. You know, South Carolina, that's going to be a difficult game in Colonial for us. And we'll come home and play Ole Miss. So again, none of these three are gimmies. None of these three are guarantees, but all three of these games are winnable, without question. I want to remind you guys, too, I have made the switch over to Hawthorne.co. H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. You're going to like the way you smell. The people around you are going to like the way you smell. It's as simple as that. Go to to Hawthorne.co, take the quiz, and they will partner you up with the products that best fit your preferences. Nobody ever tells you how to back along. You know, It's like your, your dad has that aftershave it sits around and when you're a kid you try it on because you want to be manly whatever. This is something that's made for you. Go to get the hotthorn.co you can get the, the body wash, you can get shampoo, conditioner, you can get uh, face wash, you can get it all. All of your men's personal hair care products right there at hotthorn.co I'm a huge fan of the cologne, huge, as are the people around me. Treat yourself to a little post-Valentine's Day gift for yourself. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays as simple as Boneyard, B-O-N-E-Y-R-D, and that'll get you 10% off your first order. You can set up replenishing shipments, or you can try one-size-fits-all, and you can order it and try it out for yourself. But I'm telling you, when you try this cologne, you're going to like it. It all works together. I've been very impressed with everything, from the packaging, to the service, to the, the quiz itself, everything at Hawthorne.co, H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co. Getting a lot of testimonials from Boneyard listeners, too, that say, you know what, Steve? I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but you're absolutely right. I look and smell great. All right, so let's move on. Mississippi State baseball uh, stinks today, and uh, it's very frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. Uh, Mississippi State loses to Texas Southern 8-4. to four. Mississippi State had not lost a game against a SWAC team since 2015 when John Cohen and the Bulldogs lost to Arkansas Pine Bluff 3-2. to We had lost eight other times to Jackson State. So now this is our 10th loss in program history to a SWAC school. That was like last night I saw some things. We've never lost to a SWAC team. We have lost to a SWAC team. We have 10 times now. I thought we had kind of outgrown that to be honest with you. And and I'm going to say some things that I have seen and some people are going to say, "Steve, you're being negative." No, I'm being honest. And I and I'll share with you, I saw some of this over the weekend. And to be fair, you know, we have some offensive weapons. I don't think that we have played well offensively all year. Yeah, I mean, we beat Wright State, but you know, it's like we get a lead and we coast it. We take two out of three from Oregon State. Now, I'm not going to belittle that accomplishment because I think in the, in the grand scheme, we're going to look at that and say, you know what, that was a big series win for us. But a lot of the grace that we earned over the weekend, we lost last night with an absolute RPI killer. That's something that's going to sting all year long. Now, that's not going to keep us from being a national seed or anything like that. We'll continue to play well. We're going to play some quality teams, and we'll handle that. But that is something that is going to sting with us for all year long. All year long. All year long. State goes out the first inning, puts up a couple runs. The fifth time in seven games, State's been able to score in the first inning. That's one of the things that we talked about in the postseason is that State needed to find a way offensively to get two guys early and kind of stress the defense on opponents and stress pitchers and kind of get starters on their heels a bit. Now, a couple games we haven't been able to do that. But you, you think last night when you go up 2-0, I remember thinking then, man, that had the, the ability to be a big inning, and we just didn't convert. But again, we felt like, yeah, 2-0, it'll be 18, it'll be an 18-2 type ballgame. Wrong. Casey Hunt, absolutely impressive in the first inning, retires Texas Southern hitters on 10 pitches. Looked really good. And then something happened. I don't know what happened when he was in a dugout. I don't know who he sat by. I don't know what he had to drink. I am a superstitious baseball person. And so whatever we did, we don't need to do that again. Because he came out and had a nightmarish second inning. Didn't even survive the inning. Allows three runs. And next thing you know, it's a 3 to 2 ball game. But again, we're thinking, ah, I'd be okay. It'll be all right. We just had a kid go up there make his college debut. A little bit nervous. We went to some of that last year. I mean, you know, Sarantola had some, some games when he didn't survive the first inning. And a lot of times, that's young pitchers. You remember Landon Sims in his first appearance? He's been dominant in recent appearances. His first appearance, he couldn't get anybody out. And so you kind of deal with somebody. You say, well, you know, it's a young kid. It'll be okay. We come back in the bottom half of the second. We tie the game, it's 3-3. And again, you're thinking, that will be okay. The third inning comes and it's scoreless. And I'm sure we're thinking, "Ah, that'll be all right. Then all of a sudden, we give up a 4 spot in the fourth inning. And now it's eight, pardon me, it's seven to three. And now I'm beginning to think, you know what? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be okay, but surely we'll find a way to come back here. And man, we're going to all laugh at ourselves because of how we laughed at old Miss last week for having to walk off Corn State. And that's what you tell yourself. Is, ah, we'll find a way to win, but man, the message boards and social media will be rough. But here's the thing. We didn't, we didn't score a run the rest of the game. We did not score a run the rest of the game until we get a ninth inning when it really felt like the game was over. So when the game was on the line and we had an opportunity to get a big hit, we didn't do it. And uh, in the ninth there, people forget, you know, we were gifted a couple of walks to kind of get the rally started. But when it came down to us having to get the big head, we couldn't do it. Now, I have uh, coached a little baseball. Not at this level, obviously. I wouldn't be doing this show. You know, I'll tell you what this, what last night reminded me of. Do you remember that Little League game when the other team would throw out some kid, some, you know, 85-pound kid? that uh, couldn't throw the ball through a wet paper bag. He was all he could do just to get the ball to the plate. And everybody in the dugout, everybody is taking their warm-up swings. Everybody's over there swinging for the fences. Oh, I'm fixing to tear this guy up. I'm fixing to destroy this guy. I'm fixing to hit him so hard that his mom is going to feel it. That's what it felt like last night. Mississippi State, incredibly undisciplined at the plate. Incredibly selfish at the plate. And yeah, I said it, selfish at the plate. We went through some of that on Sunday. You know, when it's a 2-2 ball game against Oregon State and everybody wants to go up there and be the hero, everybody wants to go be the guy to hit the solo home run when it's cold and the air is thick and the ball's not carrying and we don't understand the situation. But we're going to go up there and hit a ball through a force field and be the big hero? You know, Tony Gwynn had a whole lot of line drives in his life. Didn't hit a whole lot of home runs. You know, they always say, you know, chicks dig the long ball. You know what, guys? Chicks dig winners more than that. This is, I mean, I I can talk myself into a tizzy here pretty quickly. Because we saw some really bad baseball last night. And And I'll be honest with you, I felt a little sorry for Chris Limonis. Because I felt like Chris did. It's like, you know what, you know, you, you go out here and, and you coach them and you tell them this and you tell them that, they don't go really do it. And so I don't know why it's so difficult to make the adjustment. Because I hear it all the time. Well, you know, we're used to facing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. Okay, cool. Uh, in the midweek when you play these flag schools, you're going to see a lot of 80-mile-an-hour fastballs. And this kid last night, uh, Camden... Uh, Guarni- Guarneri, and I apologize to Kevin's family, if you're listening, for mispronouncing the name. The kid had four appearances in the ERA over was double digits. I was around 14. And he came in here and carved up the number 14 in America. Absolutely blistered us. We looked pitiful. Had a couple of huge errors. Huge errors. Had an opportunity to get out of the inning. Jordan Westberg, boots ball. We don't get out of the inning. Cameron James lets one go through the wickets, and I'm a big Cameron James fan. But this is Mississippi State. You got to make those plays. We got to make all the routine plays, and we're going to make some spectacular plays. Listen, the kid's going to be okay. He had the big opening weekend against Wright State, and he's had some growing pains as of late. He's going to be fine. But uh, you know, that's a routine ground ball that you let get through your legs. Those are the things that come back to cost you ballgames. We had a uh, review that went against us and uh, gave them that insurance run in the eighth, but the the kid was safe. I mean, I I don't even think there was even need to review. I was surprised we got the call in the first place. Kid was clearly safe. It's an embarrassing loss, and I I thought Jordan Westbrook said it best. It's embarrassing for the whole program. It is. And that's one of the things that, you know, some of the times we delude ourselves into thinking that somehow we care more than the players and the coaches, and we we do. And and, and, and maybe in some sports, maybe he might be right, but not in baseball. You know, these guys come to Mississippi State because they're, you're held to a standard here. There is an expectation of excellence. It's not just, hey, I'm happy to be playing beyond the high school level. No, you come here to compete for a national championship. You come, you come here to compete to be a national seed. You don't come here to lose to an 0-9 Texas Southern team. That might work for your high school teammates. That ain't gonna work here. Very, very, very disappointing loss. One of the worst in school history. And you know a lot of people say, well, you know, Steve, it's baseball. And you know what? That's true to a certain extent. But this wasn't like Mississippi State lost to a CUSA team that is in contention, you know, for a championship in their conference and perhaps a an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament field. Texas Southern went 20 and 34 last year. They had not won a game this year, and so I don't look at it as say, hey, you know, these guys came in here and you know we had it coming. I think the sentiment, the bigger problem here is that offensively our approach is awful. Absolutely awful. You know, I had a chance to talk to some people post-game last night and they said, well, you know, we got, we got some guys that kind of struggle to stop their swings, that sort of stuff. You know, listen, I, I know you don't want to change your approach because you've got a certain offensive philosophy, but there are sometimes when we go up there, I don't know what we're looking for. I don't, I don't know what we're sitting on. When you've got a kid that is throwing in the 70s. You can remove the whole changeup. I mean completely out of, your, out of your mind. And maybe you just go up there sitting soft. But the kid couldn't throw a breaking ball. For, for Consistently for a strike. He couldn't throw the fastball by you. What we did is go up there and get ourselves out. We go up there and take selfish swings. Trying to swing for defense. And we're popping up all over the place. We're beating the ball on the ground. We're not barreling anything up. Only a handful of balls the whole night, and really it's when they brought the relief pitcher in. And and if if memory serves me correctly, and I'll double check us in the back score, I I don't think we had a hit off of him until the ninth inning. I think that's correct. Let me go look here at these numbers. Yeah, Robert Loza goes three in a third inning, gives up one hit and one run. One hit and run. Let let me me give you, let me just run these down for you here. I mean, I, I hate to belabor the point. Mississippi State brings in Raleigh Self in a sixth inning, and Riley's, I think he had four appearances all of February last year as so he recovered from surgery. He's already had four this year. One inning's dense, but he goes in and gets a line out, a strikeout, and uh, a ground out to first. Very, very quick inning. About 13 pitches, I guess. So Loza comes in in the same inning. He gets Hancock on two pitches. He gets Rowdy Jordan on a 2-2 count, grounding out. And then he strikes out Jordan Westbrook looking. So it's a 1-2-3 inning. And uh, most of that against top of the order. And I know Luke Hancock has been hurt, but we expect a lot from Luke. I know he's kind of working his way back into good health. But you know, these are not scrub hitters that Lowe's is getting out there. So we come out in the seventh. We bring in Landon Sims for self. Lennon Sims throws up a a 1-2-3 inning. You get a fly out, two Ks. Loza stays in the game, and he walks Tanner Owens. Now you're thinking, okay, maybe we're about to start a rally. Wrong. Wrong. We pop up on the infield to second base. We fly out to center field. We fly out to left. And, and, And they were routine balls. I mean, absolute routine. I mean, you, I mean, you couldn't get the Fongo and lay them up there better. So we get uh, we get Sims back out there, and uh, we get the strikeout swinging of Ty Thompson. we get Rod- Roderick Coffey swinging. And then uh, we have the, the you know, you get a ground ball to third on the very first pitch and you're ready to get off the field. But but we make the error. And then next thing you know, the wheels fall off. We hit De Leon, he's still sat. We, they run the double steal there. Still don't know how that happened. We walked to load the bases, and then that's when they had the fielder's choice there. And then Landon Sim strikes out Oscar Ponce to end the inning. But you know, when I've got a pitcher that is, you know, in his second inning of work, and I've got a chance to get off the field. Guys, I gotta get off the field. When I got a guy that strikes out the first two guys and gets a routine ground ball to third, I got I gotta get off the field. And and that's really more an indictment on the entire Mississippi State defense because we did we didn't play exceptionally well on Sunday either. When you give people extra outs, as we did like in the Sarantola game, he had to get four outs in two innings, and in both of those innings, Oregon State scored, scored both their runs. Both of the runs that they scored on Sarantola came as a result of Mississippi State defensive lapses. So Loza is still dealing right now. We've handed him another run. I mean, now he's pitching with a five-run lead. He can just kind of rear back and play. Well, then we got Josh Hatcher who pops up to the shortstop. Landon Jordan lines out to center, and then uh, Hancock flies out center field. We get to the ninth. We made some changes, bring in Spencer Price. And not to be lost in all this, Spencer Price has been really good. And I'll be honest with you, after watching Spencer pitch last year and watching his body language, I thought, you know what, I don't even know if he'll be back. But he's back. And not just on the roster, he's contributing. He has gone out there and looked a lot like his old self. I like Spencer Price out there. I like that demonstrative yelling Spencer Price. I like the guy. Goes up there, does his job, puts his emotions into it, wins the ballgame. So he goes out there, gets uh, Victor Victor Buenavs swinging, gets a line out to short from Robinson, and uh, walks Ty Thompson on 3-1 on count. It's just one of things that didn't happen. And then he gets uh, Roderick Coffey for a strikeout. So he's done his job. So Riley Self and Spencer Price, two guys that were kind of on the scrap heap of Mississippi State baseball last year, have been very good in their appearances so far this year. So we come around the bottom of the night needing a, a tremendous comeback. And, uh, listen, they tried to help us a little bit. We go out there, Rowdy Jordan grounds out short. Westberg works for a walk. Allen worked it for a walk. Now we got first and second. Foscue singles to the right side. Now all of a sudden you're thinking, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to find a way to salvage this thing. I'm already doing the math thinking, okay, we just got to get around to Josh Hatcher. We just got to get around to Josh. Josh will hit the ball hard. We'll have a chance to tie this game up and get in the extra innings. But that's not what happened. Josh Hatcher might as well as put his bag in the back bag and put it in the back of his truck because the ball game was over. They make a change to bring in Jesse Garcia. Mantel strikes out swinging, uh, and, and it was awful. It was a full count. He battled, got a full count, and then uh, swung the ball out of his own. And then uh, Tanner Leggett comes in, strikes out on three pitches. Brad Kumbus was on deck to hit for Josh Hatcher. Roddy right, lefty matchup. I, I get it completely. And uh, I would have liked to have seen Cumbas have a chance to swing in that situation because I think I think Cumbas can can compete against these guys. But uh, listen, there is no way to feel good about this. There is no excuse that you could make. The bottom line is Mississippi State beaten by Texas Southern. Let that sting for a second. Speaking with Jordan Westberg in the postgame, he goes, you know, it's embarrassing for the whole program. Everybody feels it. And so the best thing about the yesterday is we get to play ball today. day. But that is a loss that is going to ride with us the rest of the year. But let me remind you this. Back in 2016, we lost to Eastern Kentucky and Earl Roberts in back-to-back games. Back-to-back games. And everybody said, that's it. Cohen's finished. We end up winning the SEC. And I don't say that to diminish the loss. I just do that to point out it is a long season. Lost to Moorhead State a couple of years ago in some ridiculous comeback. You know, we've had some inexplicable losses. I know back in 2018, you know, we go on the road, we lose in Nickel State. Had some awful losses, loss to South Alabama that year. But somebody's got to step up in the midweek and pitch. Somebody's got to step up and do some big things for Mississippi State baseball. That's one of the reasons you play two midweek games as early in the year. You're kind of figuring out who you can trust. You're kind of establishing some roles here. I think we all feel good about Landon Sims and Will Bednar, and Don Levy's kind of been up and down. But I think he's going to prove to be a little more valuable than maybe perhaps we saw after the fall. But, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of talking about this fall game. It is absolutely despicable. It is so beneath Mississippi State to lose a game like this. And people say, well, hey, you can know, Steve, it's baseball. No, 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 it's not. It's bad baseball. that That's what bothers me. It would be one thing if they came in here and beat us. But when we go out there and we take selfish swings, we're all swinging for the fence, we don't understand how difficult it is to hit a ball out of duty, noble field when it's uh, cold and dark. Just go up there and hit a line drive, kid. Go up there and hit a line drive. Stop swinging for the fences. Keep your shoulder up. Let your mechanics work for you. When you've got a guy that can't throw it by, you move up in the box. I remind you guys, too, we got a new sponsor for the Boneyard. You know, there are a lot of guys out there that, uh, that suffer with, in silence, really, with erectile dysfunction. And they're, they're too embarrassed. They say, you know what? I will just deal with this myself. And they're too embarrassed to talk to their doctor. It's too embarrassing to even go make a doctor's appointment. And, uh, you know, statistics show that uh, the average, uh, you know, person in major cities has to wait more than four weeks to see a doctor. Save yourself the stress, the anxiety, you know, the potential embarrassment. It's, 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 it's a problem that affects a lot of men. Use our friends at Roman. Our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that is very safe secure and with an unbelievable discretion to make it very very convenient for you to find a connect with a licensed doctor in your very own state all from the comfort of your own home grab your phone or computer and complete a free online visit you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours not 29 days 24 hours and if the doctor decides the treatment's right for you roman's pharmacy can ship your medication to you free in two days so you go from accepting that you have a problem and perhaps needing some medical intervention to have your medicine in as early as three days. You also get unlimited follow-up with your doctor anytime you have questions or maybe you just want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no long-time commitments. You can't so anytime you want. So if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction, go to GetRoman.com forward slash Boneyard, B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D. Again, that's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N, Dot com forward slash boneyard for a free online visit, and you qualify for free two-day shipping. Take advantage of that. You and your significant other will both benefit from that. Again, there's no need to suffer in silence, and you can speak to somebody who will have your best interest as well as your privacy in mind, and have those uh, items delivered right to your home. Very confidentially. And it's not going to be something where they've got some gaudy packaging where all your neighbors or your, your mail carrier, everybody can see it. It's, it's handled with discretion. So, again, it's getroman.com forward slash boneyard. Let's look at the women's basketball side of things for a minute here. <clears throat> okay, so Mississippi State, two games to play. Ladies are in pretty good position right now. Obviously, the number two seed in the tournament. South Carolina has already clinched. 14-0 and record in the conference, 27-1 and overall. They've won 21 games in a row. In that was a win over UConn and a win over Mississippi State. Mississippi State 23-5 and overall, 11-3, a game ahead of Texas A&M. And with a win over Arkansas, State will clinch the number two seed in the SEC tournament because of the fact that State will have a one-game lead over A&M and the tiebreaker. So in the event that State and A&M both end up with the same record, because of the fact State won the head-to-head matchup, that's a tiebreaker. However, Mississippi State is going to play a quality opponent. That's Arkansas. Two games left, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Uh, you, you never want to assume anything, but let me go ahead and share with you this. I'm expecting Mississippi State to beat Ole Miss handily. Okay, Ole Miss 0 and 14 in league, 7 and 20 overall. They've lost 14 games in a row. I expect State to go win that game. So let's add that to the mix there. That makes State would make State 12 and 3 in the event they dropped our Arkansas game and again ended up tied with AM State's number two seed. But we don't want to depend on any tiebreakers. We want to go win a basketball game. Arkansas women, very, very good team. 21 and 6, 9 and 5 in a conference. Been very good at home, like most teams. Five and three away from home. This is a team too that uh, you know got hot late in the year last year. And uh, really upset some teams and changed the courses of people's seasons last year. They will enter Thursday's matchup in Humphrey Coliseum at 8 p.m. Following a loss at Florida in the O'Connell Center, 83 to 80 this past Sunday. That's their first loss, uh, I guess, since February 6th when they lost to South Carolina. So when you go back and look here, then they beat Florida handily at their place, Bud Walton. But they have won six of the last eight. Six of the last eight. And, uh, you know, no loss. and no, I mean, there's no shame in losing to South Carolina. So this is going to be a team that scores a lot of points. You know, go, going back to the, uh, you know, they, they beat Kentucky at Bud Walton 103-85, to and you saw what Kentucky did to Mississippi State. They beat Ole Miss 108-64, and then they beat Tennessee 83-75. to They're going to score a lot of points. Hopefully, we're going to score a lot, too. And this is senior night, and not the Mississippi State's a senior league team, but this is the last home game, and this is one there's a lot riding on. Again, if State wins this game, you clinch the t- number two overall seed, and you avoid South Carolina until the SEC Tournament Championship game if you advance. State needs some rest. Pretty much sure to be in the top four, but uh, you'd like to be able to, to have an easier path to a potential SEC Tournament Championship game. State is not playing our best basketball right now. We discussed that earlier in the week. I don't know what Vic needs to do to fix it, but you know what? I got a tremendous amount of confidence in Vic Schaefer. If anybody can fix it, it'll be Vic Schaefer. But we are not scoring with the same proficiency that we have. And that's what worries me about this Arkansas game. When you go back and look up, you know, State's beating people in scoring in the 60s. You beat Georgia 67-53. You get Tennessee 72-55. You beat A&M 69-57. You lose to Kentucky 73-62. You had the barn burner at Auburn. You know, because of the fact that both of those teams want to get out and press and run, and then you lose to Alabama 66-64. Offensively, we're not at all where we need to be. Some of that's because we have some pieces that still have some rough edges that we're working through, working to kind of refine that. And this is what happens. This is this is what you do. And the good thing is State has had some opportunity to practice. We'll be at home, and there should be a near-capacity crowd. It's a big ball game. There's a lot riding on this game. State still projected on the free line as a team to host the first two rounds of the NCAA women's tournament. And and I know that we live and die by the by the Charlie Kreme rankings, and the, uh, Charlie is the best. But it's like one day we're here, one day we're there, and people are just wringing their hands over it. You know, the bottom line is Mississippi State needs to go win a basketball game. We are not playing good basketball right now. And we were, and we were in a situation where we felt like if we could get through Kentucky, we should win out. We lose to Kentucky, and I'll be honest with you, it looks like we're kind of feeling sorry for ourselves a little bit. We're kind of pouting a little bit, you know, because we didn't – maybe because we're not going to be SEC champions this year. I don't know. But I know that it appears to me that some of our opponents are getting better, and we're just kind of scoring in the 60s. So we're a team that kind of wins with defense, and you're going to have a very prolific offense coming in to Humphrey Coliseum on Thursday – with uh, Chelsea Dungy, one of the best players in the Southeastern Conference. So we're going to have to find a way to go win that game. And again, I think we're all assuming the Ole Miss win, and why wouldn't we? What's incredible about that, too, and I wrote this in uh, Stark Billings, you know, when Morgan William and, and Victoria and, and and Blair Schaefer and that group, when they graduated, they were the first Mississippi State senior class to ever go undefeated in their Mississippi State careers against Ole Miss. They never lost. At some point, that was unfathomable. And now we're going to celebrate a senior class this year that has the, the opportunity to be the third consecutive senior class. So the flip side of that is is Ole Miss, who was once a SEC women's basketball power under Van Chancellor, they absolutely were, they're going to have three consecutive senior classes graduate having never beat Mississippi State women's basketball. That is uh, astounding. That's a day I don't know that any of us ever saw coming. Of course, that's got to go win the game next Sunday. But uh, these next few days, very, very important. And state needs the rest. That's one of the great things about this thing. You get through um, you know, this, you went on Sunday and then you get a chance to rest, you know, for a few days before the Greenville, South Carolina, you know, and so, And that thing is going to turn around and play pretty quick. That's going to start on Wednesday. The State won't play on Wednesday. And hopefully State will have an opportunity to wait and play on, on Friday. Because State needs the rest. I just don't, you know, we look a little ragged right now. But again, I have read some of your angst on social media and it makes me chuckle a little bit. Vic Schaefer hasn't forgotten anything. This is a young team. It's actually a little bit ahead of schedule. You remember most people projected State to be the third best team in the league? We're a little bit ahead of that. And maybe some of that's because of the fact that Kennedy Carter's been injured. And to be fair. But the bottom line is, the fact that, the fact that in a rebuilding year that we could host the first two rounds of the women's tournament as a three seed, it's pretty remarkable, considering the fact that we're, we're not a veteran team. So pump the brakes a little bit. Everybody relax. And let's go win a ball game Thursday night. Again, and if, if you can be here, be there. Okay, Jordan Denberry, going to go through Senior Day. Very, very happy to have her as a part of our program. Love to see her have an opportunity to go out and have, have a nice run in the NCAA tournament. I remind you guys, too, when you're in town, go by and see our good friends at Campus Bookmark. Stan Ray, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, who gets lovely by the day. If you don't believe me, go by and see her. You can see for yourself. And, and, Mom, I'm going to remind you of this. Well, I know it's cold today. There are some warmer temperatures on the way. You can get your entire family outfitted for weekends at Dirty Noble Field. And what's better than that, man? What's better than a full weekend at Dirty Noble Field? Get your baseball jerseys. Get your visors. Get everything you need Mississippi State merchandise related right there at Campus Bookmark. And by being a loyal Boneyard Lister, we'll give you a phrase and pay. That's BSR which stands for beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. So, uh, you know, some of you guys are aware of this. I'm actually in the interview process for Stark Villains 2. I don't know if we call it Stark Villains 2. I don't know if we call it another T. I don't know what we're going to call it. But I think right now we'll just call it Stark Villains 2. It's it's the uh, working title. But I've been interviewing all week. Had a chance to interview Michael Davis, interviewed Eric Underwood yesterday, interviewed Mike Kelly, former Mississippi State All-American center fielder Mike Kelly, and a remarkable story. Now in the Mississippi State Hall of Fame. And you know, for you young guys to listen to the show, you young guys and gals, before there was Jake Mangum, there was Jody Hurst. And before there was Jody Hurst, there was Dan Van Cleave. And before there was Dan Van Cleave, there was Mike Kelly. And, man, when I think about that collectively, I think, man, we have had some legendary center fielders here at Mississippi State. We have been incredibly blessed at Mississippi State to be able to attract some of the best talent in all of college baseball. And we've been so able to enjoy their college careers here at Mississippi State. Mike Kelly, a walk-on. A walk-on. And I'll have more to share with you guys when you read the read the book. But Mike Kelly, in his final year at Mississippi State in 1979, led Mississippi State back to Omaha for the second time in school history. They turned in a ridiculous 17 and 2 SEC record, 17 and 2, and from what I'm told, one of the two losses uh, kind of boiled down to a bad call. That's how good we were, and we weren't even really a team full of superstars. 77 had a ton of them. That's when Nat Showalter played here. Most of you young kids know him as Buck from Seinfeld fame, right? Buck Showalter played here at Mississippi State, had the big year in 77. Mike Kelly says the 77 team, like if you're able to pick teams and, and, and you know play head-to-head, a 77 team will probably beat the 79 team. Very reminiscent of the 89 and 90 team. The 89 team was considered by many to be the best Mississippi State team in, in history. We were number one most of the year. We were upset in the regionals by North Carolina. And most of that team went on to uh, leave to go to the minors. And then in 1990, we're kind of rebuilding, and we end up in Omaha. So 89 is better on paper with superstars, but 90 was a better team. Team as in team you didn't have a lineup loaded with uh, big weapons, but you had a team that, uh, you know, kind of slid under the radar, got hot late, and found their way to Omaha, Nebraska. That's kind of what Mike Kelly said in 79. What's incredible about, you know, Mike Kelly is uh, he's a kid from Chicago that just wanted to play college baseball in the South. And he reached out to Ron Polk, and Ron was, you know, Georgia Southern then, didn't even know Ron Polk. Just trying to find somewhere to play, and a you know it's a strange twist of fate. But he ends up walking on at Mississippi State. And Ron Polk wasn't even the coach here then. Just one of those things. Ron Polk knew some people, got the kid a tryout, and got his name in there with some some uh, junior college coaches. And then uh, went to a tryout with the St. Louis Cardinals and was offered a contract that he turned down. Didn't think he was quite mature enough yet to go play minor league baseball. And so then he you know, he turns that down, but one of the guys at the tryout knew one of the guys in Mississippi State. Ultimately led to walk on here, and the guy comes in here and becomes one of the greatest players of all time. Mike Kelly might be one of the most unheralded diamond dogs of all time. When you look at his numbers, his name is littered throughout the Mississippi State record book. 5'10", fast as lightning, Had a great story with him. He Actually, we were playing Ole Miss in a a very tightly contested game, and Mike Kelly stole home. Stole home to give State the go-ahead run. It ultimately led to the rally to put the game away. This is a guy that uh, could steal at will and uh, shared his story with me for the new book. And uh, excited for you all to read that. And so kind of the plan on that is I'm going to finish interviewing and then we'll write it in the spring and we'll edit it in early summer. And the plan is to have it out to you guys by football season. I warned you guys last year, I'm going to stack up these Mississippi State books for you because we have been unfairly represented and ignored largely in Mississippi's literary history. So if you're looking to get involved and support me and support the efforts, please go to starkvilleinstabook.com. You can order Flim Flam there. You can order Stark Villains there. And eventually you'll be able to order Stark Villains 2 as well there. You'll be able to pre-order that when that time comes. That time is not here yet. I haven't written one word yet on Stark Villains 2. But I want to keep you guys updated because I think it's important. We have so many of these young people. I was at Dirty Noble last weekend walking up there and it's a couple of student workers on the elevator with me. And both one of the guys says, "Hey, I just want you to know, I'm I'm almost done with Stark Villains," and his friend said, "Yeah, I just finished it." And I guess, well, if you don't mind me asking, what's your favorite chapter? And the kid looked at me and he smiled. He goes, "You know, when the guy went and flew the plane over to Ole Miss and poured the maroon paint the bleachers at Ole Miss," and they both just busted out laughing. And somewhere inside me, I kind of laughed on behalf of Frank Corella. You know, Frank was responsible for that, and my hope is that we. Can Make Frank a bit of a rock star here in his latter years. Frank was involved in that 1946 caper before the Egg Bowl. And I told both of those guys, I said, you know, I said, when I wrote this book, I thought about you guys. I didn't know, it. I don't know either one of those kids, but I thought about that generation. And if I had read in the book and said, hey, it's Mississippi State, the 1940s through the 1960s, you know, those teenagers would have never picked up the book and read it. Never, they never would have done it. But because of the fact I wrote the book chronologically and kind of spread some stories out, I left some stories out with the sequel in mind. But I thought, you know what? I want all generations of Mississippi State fans to be able to enjoy this book. And I wanted the younger folks to understand kind of where we've come from. And so when I think about those guys celebrating Frank Carolla, who was he was 19 years of age when he was involved in that deal, pouring the maroon paint and Ole Miss bleachers. He was about their age, and now Frank's 94, and it's one of those things that gives me chills and gets me a little emotional to think about another younger generation, gets to celebrate some of those great stories, uh, you know, from days gone by, and it is my honor to share those with you. It's my name on the book, but these are our stories. So again, that's starkvillainsthebook.com, and you can rep the brand by going to starkvillains.com and ordering yourself a Stark Villain t-shirt or hoodie. It's getting cold, Mom. You can get the hoodie and then you can go and get the t shirt for when, uh you know, for those days when you got a dressing layers. That's going to do it for today. I'm going to leave here and head to Dirty Noble Field and hope to get a win. We're back on Friday and we'll recap the uh, the week that was in previous Long Beach State Series and hopefully talk about Mississippi State clinching the number two overall seed in the SEC Women's Tournament. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.